Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Brick by Brick, a podcast produced by Move Your Mind, committed to changing the construction industry, one conversation at a time. Fly and fly out work can be incredibly taxing. It can have a major impact on your family, on your well-being, and just how you manage your life. And we need more awareness about it. We need to have these conversations to educate people in these different industries in how they can speak up. On today's episode, I spoke to Francisco Valenzuela. He's a safety advisor, mentor, motivator, father, and fly-in, fly-out mental health advocate. He's been in this industry for over 25 years. He's managed major sites. He's worked in a number of environments. And he shared his story about how he came close to ending his own life, his lost marriages, how that was accepted in the industry, and how he didn't have the guidance. So he took matters into his own hands to start raising awareness. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast and a huge thank you to Lendlease for sponsoring Brick by Brick. We couldn't do it without them. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Francisco, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We had an amazing chat last week and I, you know, I love being able to connect with, you know, people like yourself and he- hearing these stories and you've got a really good one. So, yeah, appreciate you making the time. Well, hey, Nick, thank you very much for for having me as a guest. You know, it uh, it was great to kind of connect uh through John with you and uh he spoke about the work that you do with uh, with mental health and and move your mind. So I've seen your book. I haven't seen your book yet, so I have to order one. But uh, other than that, uh, it's good to see somebody that uh, has passion in this space too. Yeah, well, it's a it's a very big space, and as we discussed, you know, such an important one. It's why we've started this new podcast series, Brick by Brick, where we're interviewing people like yourself that work in construction or related industries and you know it's just something where uh and which we'll touch on i'm I'm sure um you know we can't literally can't do enough because it it just needs so much support and resource and conversation so you know really good to be able to talk about these different topics and uh i guess like as you were saying your a lot of your work is doing you know two weeks on three weeks on periods off and that can be a really tough thing to manage if, uh, you know, if you're not doing the work on yourself. Yeah, actually. Well, I guess, yeah, I've uh, been living fly in, fly out or FIFO life now since 2000, realistically 2010, um, you know, and at the time when I got into, into this lifestyle and this, this kind of work, like I work in the oil and gas, oil and gas extraction uh, business. So up in a mine and, Northern Alberta and Canada. And uh, one of the things I realized is uh, we're not really well prepared going into this life. We kind of look at it and, you know, it's very kind of seat of the pants. You all of a sudden, all right, now I'm gone from home, uh, from my family for a period of time. Don't really know what it's like. It's not like a holiday. Um, You know, there's a big disconnect family back home or your partner back home says, oh, well, you don't have any of the, uh, you know, the home duties that you have to do, you don't have to parent, you don't have to clean, you don't have to cook. Um, those are things that actually were part of that grounding process that made you feel at home. And then you're, you're at camp and, uh, you know, you work long hours anywhere between, you know, honestly, 12 to 14, depending on, on your day. And, you know, and yeah, you don't have to cook, you don't have to clean, but uh, you really do miss home. You're isolated from kind of your natural support networks and in a way you do build a surrogate family up uh, up at work and it's it in some ways that we're not really prepared and we're not really told how to uh how to live this lifestyle prepare for it because it, it has challenges on both sides for your family at home and uh your partner and your kids and everything like i was married and i had two young kids 
Um, so my son, Sebastian, he would have been around uh, seven. And then my daughter, uh, she would have been uh, like four. So I missed a lot of their growing up years. And they don't truly understand why dad's gone. Mm. And, uh, and you know, in, in our industry, it's very cyclical, a lot of boom and bust cycles. So when there's work, you work and you work as much as you can because you don't know when there's going to be like a slowdown or a downturn and then you're not working at all. And, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, right? That's, that's a stressor, right? The, the potential financial strains, even though you make really good money while you're doing this, you know, that's the other part. You're not really taught good financial stewardship. You know, it's, it's all of a sudden, no, it's great. And, and uh, you feel like a rock star. You're like, oh, sweet. I can go on vacations. I can buy uh, all the toys, a car, a camper. I think you guys call them caravans over there. Or I don't know. What we do. We, we, call, we don't call them campers. We call them caravans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So you have all those things, the boats, and then all of a sudden you're kind of stuck in this lifestyle and we call it the, the golden handcuffs. Yeah. So you have to make that kind of money all the time because, you know, you... You know, you almost spend it as, as quick as you earn it. And some of it, I'll say, goes to maybe ease some of the, it's a coping mechanism, right? Yeah. You're gone from your family. You know, you want to give them everything that you can. And that's why we go up there. We do this kind of work is so we can provide. But sometimes we lose sight that, you know, the more we, we give in that aspect and burden ourselves, the big house, the new trucks, the caravans, all those things is now you have to make that kind of money so you're gone more so it's just this this vicious vicious uh circle that uh uh you miss out on those on those times like i had a pretty good heart to heart with my son probably a a few years ago when this lifestyle really started to dawn on me as as the impacts of it mm. that uh yeah i i wasn't there right and and he said dad i had a lot of things uh, but I didn't want things. I just wanted your time, right? And that's, mm. that's like, oh, it's, it's heartbreaking because you sit down like, man, I missed a lot of really important years with them because I was I was working my butt off, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah. a tough tough thing and you can't get that that time back. And that's one thing that we, we all, you know, the most valuable resource. But like you're saying, how on earth are you meant to know this? And you go into this industry and there's so many positives and you're doing it for the right reasons as well. You're trying to support a family. Uh, so it's a, it'd be very frustrating where, you know, you're trying to do the right thing. You're doing everything you can, but all of these side effects happen because you're just away from the family so much. You're not able to be there. And it's that's why, you know, we need to talk about it, I guess. And like a lot of people probably go into it single at the beginning and you know it probably works you know when you're younger and then when you start actually trying to develop the other parts of life i'm imagining that's when the problems really start to happen for i'm sure a huge amount of people working that in that environment yeah i guess i'll share something that uh when i first started working uh fly in fly out and i started working for uh essentially one of the uh, the oil majors uh of the world before I was just working for, for contractors, working for the oil majors. And I remember going up there and uh, being part of the management team and, you know, feeling pretty good about myself. My career had, uh, you know, had had grown to the point where I, I could be a, um, representing one of these oil majors. And I actually mm. said to one of these old, uh, grizzled, wily veterans, I said, wow, I'm, I finally made it. I, I'm in big, I'm, I'm big oil. And he looked and smiled at me and he says, kid, you're not big oil yet. And I said, well, well, what do you mean? And he says, you're, you ain't big oil till you've got a divorce or two under your belt. <laughs> Tremendously prophetic. Because um, as, uh, as we speak of now, uh, just finished off the divorce number two. So I guess I can officially say I'm, I'm big oil. And, and yeah, there's huge tremendous wow. human cost to that like it's you know and i had another colleague and we started talking about this too and and he came up and he said uh and he used to be a teacher right he mm. used to be a a teacher and he and he entered into this field again the money's better mm. uh and uh he came up and you know talking to some of those guys and a very similar conversation 
Uh, a guy asked him, hey, are you married? And he goes, yeah. And the guy said, won't be for long. Right. And then he's like, oh, like, my God, there's almost there's almost um, there's a bravado about, uh, you know, or, or paying your dues that you'd almost sacrifice your whole life or the other aspect of your life uh, for this lifestyle, for for the, the perks of it. Right. Like it, it's tremendously rewarding work super exciting you work with some incredible professionals some that are the best in their field in the world because we we have people from all over the world all over the world come up to work on these on these big mega projects you know now i'm operations but it's uh you know a tremendous um growth opportunity and learning opportunity it's just that uh and i'll be honest i had uh, i didn't have any guidance on how to handle the isolation Mm. the disconnect from family so what happens is you're working you're very focused on work um you want to do well so that you can provide um you're getting really good feedback from work hey you're doing a great job you know here's a raise hey can you pick up can you stay like you know a few more days or can you come in a few days early yeah yeah oh here's some more money while at home um your time is reduced you get home you're actually quite tired but you're still kind of connected with work because you still kind of feel like you're, you should try and troubleshoot. Like you don't, you know, they don't, uh, going into it, they don't tell you to make sure that you, when you, when you're away from work to, to almost stay away from work, invest in your family and stuff like that. So you're still kind of thinking about work and everything. And then you're at home, you know, you're, you're present, but you're not really available. Right. Um, so you're not, you're not really there for your family. Like my son remembers, like I'm originally from Argentina, huge soccer fan, world cup champions. So happy about that. <laughs> yeah. Congrats so, on that. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. We beat your team on the way there. But... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Like our team, you know, like we're, we're not as, we're not as good. We're not as, um, soccer. We're not as big on the soccer. <laughs> well you guys do well actually so um happy anyways, happy for you guys yeah 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 but anyways i'd come home and i wouldn't really have too much time so my my first couple of days i decompress watch all my all my soccer soccer highlights and then check out on the scores and the news and everything and well in the meantime my son wanted to spend time with me and i was just mm. trying to decompress and to this day my son hates you know, soccer or football, right? And because uh, yeah. he says that, because it was always, it always felt like he chose that over me. And I was like, yeah. oh, again, like, I'm so glad that he's honest and, and speaks to me, like, truthfully like this, because for us, I wouldn't have known. Uh, I wish he would have said that sooner, but you can't really expect that kind of wisdom and, and from from a child, right? Like, he was like, you know, you know, nine, ten, 11 like all these years that that I kind of missed because I was at work and of course you come home you're not really participating in in the same way you don't get a chance to reconnect and then uh, your relationship with your with your spouse or partner suffers yeah and then all of a sudden and then they're trying to tell you and your feet and you're not receiving it learning to receive feedback is a skill that we're not really taught very well at times particularly in relationships totally yeah and then what happens is, is you're like, you get this, oh, you come home and you feel like, wait a minute, I'm providing for everything and feels like I'm just a heel, but it's, they're missing you, the person, right? Missing you the, and, uh, but you're not really picking up on that. Um, I didn't realize this till much later on. And, um, and then, so you're like, well, I'd rather go to work because at least at work, they think I'm doing a good job and at home. You're kind of frustrated because you're like, I thought I was doing a good job by providing, mm. but then you then you realize that if you're not investing in those relationships um, the same way, you can't take them for granted. Mm. That's one of those things. Like I can speak honestly that that died of uh, that marriage died of neglect, mm. you know, and that can happen because I was very focused on career um, progression, and you know, and I always in the back of my head thought, uh, oh. Um, I'll have time later mm. and they'll understand. Well, one thing is you never, I, I actually don't believe anybody ever has time. We only make time for what's important to us. So it's very important to, to set priorities and, and going, into this in, going into this industry. Um, mm. uh, 
I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to be gone for X amount of time. I'm going to make this X amount of money. Okay, perfect. And, you know, there isn't very much guidance into, okay, what it's going to look like. How do you parent? Mm. Fly in, fly out. How do you maintain relationships? Fly in, fly out. And how are you a, a good uh, steward of, of money? right because you do it's it's cyclical and then hmm. if you have like a bunch of good years in a row you don't think that you think you think that the gravy train is never going to end and you know uh, but it does eventually the bottom falls out every once in a while and then people are left scrambling you know hmm. fortunately been able hmm. to ride out several of those uh cycles up here in canada so um blessed that way but you know yeah. a lot of people it's 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 not so easy uh, you know, and then when we talk about um, male stigma, mm. right? Asking for help—it's one of those things that's so hard to, for us to do. Um, you know, one thing I learned from one of uh, um, Mike Cameron's guests at his men's mental health conference that he held, and it was a group that spoke. They were suicide survivors, and and they said one of the things that um, that. Uh, they felt, and they said, is they wouldn't ask for help. But if help was offered, they would take it. And whether it's that uh, um, you feel uncomfortable asking for help because you're afraid it makes you look weak or uh, incapable or incompetent um, or just embarrassed and shame, right? But if you're offered the help, you're more likely to grab it and, or, or, or take it. So that's one of those challenges having, you know, and I've known people that have, that have lost their lives to, to suicide. And, and even I can talk a little bit about some of my mm. journey into, into that, uh, those, those realms of depression and, and, and where it does get really dark because you're like, what am I doing? You know, you kind of lose your purpose, your why. Right. And particularly like after, say, like a divorce where mm. you feel you've, you've failed as a father, you failed as a husband and, you know, you don't know what your life's going to look like because um, you don't know how much money you're going to have to live on. Um, you don't know how much you're going to have to pay out. You know, you want to be you want to be good. You want to be good. You want to be noble and make sure that your, your family's taken care of. But you still have to take care of yourself, too. Of course, oftentimes, yeah. Oftentimes, the way uh, things pan out, it's 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 your left kind of kind of scrounging for for bits yourself. So yeah, uh, it's challenging. It's it's again, we don't we don't have have those resources available to us. I guess uh, um, uh, John uh, Toomey he wrote that book in it for the long haul, like. In Australia, you guys are way ahead of us in terms of the fly-in, fly-out. You guys have had some studies done by the University of Western Australia, looking at, uh, you know, at uh, mental health and fly-in, fly-out, driving, mm. drive-out work. Um, so you guys are way ahead of us. Uh, then up here in Canada, I haven't run into a study like that. Um, we've had a preliminary study done specifically on oil sands, and um, you know that was kind of a small small group uh without research so we mm. definitely need more to understand what what this lifestyle entails for folks and to provide them with the best resources need it yeah a huge amount more on a you know australia does seem to be a little bit more advanced in these areas but god it's important to be talked about just from i don't even know where to begin with what you're saying and it's just a environment that's just ripe for mental health issues to arise like how can they not it's just and it must be a very frustrating thing when you feel like you're doing everything you can to provide for a family to you know work and grow in your career to then and be away and you'd feel helpless half the time where you just can't really there's only so much one person can actually do in that kind of situation it's almost like having to accept that it's going to come at a certain cost and be in a relationship where you're really clear on that um, and then find ways around it. But I can't believe like what you're saying that, you know, big oil people using this as like a badge of honor. It's like a bragging rights of our, how many divorces have you had? You're not, you're not real, you know, um, you're not sort of, you haven't earned your stripes until you've had a few divorces. It's crazy that that's the psychology. 
Lendlease is proudly sponsoring the Brick by Brick podcast. They're committed to the health and safety of their people and those they work with and have been acknowledged externally for their focus on providing healthy workplaces. Lendlease is certified as a globally healthy workplace in recognition of their focus on employee health and well-being. In addition, Lendlease won the multinational employer category at the six global Healthy Workplace Awards. They have a holistic approach to health and well-being and continue to grow their focus around mental health. Lendlease genuinely care and are out there not just to make a difference in their organization, but in construction and society as a whole. We're very proud to have Lendlease as a sponsor of the Brick by Brick podcast. Well, that was, you know, and I think I'm, I'm hoping that's more of an older school view of it. Again, he was a, you know, a, a grizzled veteran of many years in this industry. And, uh, you know, I think now, um, you know, yeah. the pandemic was really hard on our population because you're isolated at home and then you come to work and you work and because of all the, the pandemic mitigations that we had, you'd go work and you'd be working by yourself all pretty much all day or you'd have a mask and you'd have all your gear on and your personal protective equipment or PPE on and, you know, you'd wear a mask uh, then uh, and you couldn't be within six feet of anybody. So yeah, uh, then you go back to camp and you're in a lineup, you know, six feet apart. And they police that really well um, just because we were deemed an essential service. So we were able to work through the pandemic, which was, which really was, was a blessing because that would have had such an impact to so many families and had such tremendous financial repercussions. Mm. Um, because how do you you can't make up that kind of income doing stuff on the side or even with the government no. assistance that was given at the time you know people would have lost houses if if we would have had to shut down but one of the things was is you're isolated at work then you come to camp you get your food and mm. we, you know our dining halls were were shut down right because <laughs> they didn't want people to to congregate so then you'd eat alone in your room the gyms were shut down my you god know, um, so like all those outlets, so you're by yourself. So what, and, what do you do when you're by yourself? How do you pass the time or how do you stay, how do you stop yourself from getting too lonely? How do people cope? Um, a lot of it was people had to FaceTime or talk on the phone with family members. Or I think that's when the big explosion of uh, everybody getting Netflix, uh, Paramount, yeah. uh, Amazon Prime, like all the shows, right? I think, you know, a lot of TV was watched. Yeah, um, probably uh, video games and things like that. But it just take, took away all that human interaction with people. Yeah. And yeah. then just the worry, right? So we had folks. So our site, and not sure about the folks in Australia, how much they know about Canada, but we're like a really big country. And we have a lot of people from yeah. all, all across the country. The East Coast, um, they had what was called the Atlantic Bubble. And if you flew into those provinces from outside those provinces, you actually had to self-isolate for 14 days. Mm -hmm. So folks, originally we were on 10 days on, 10 days off rotation. Then we got moved to a 16 on, 16 off rotation to allow mm -hmm. these people to, to fly home, be able to spend like one day, at least one day together with their families um, while still obeying the, the pandemic rules. Mm. the COVID restrictions, but a lot of them, I know one fella, he didn't go home for over six months. He just stayed in a hotel in, Jesus. in Edmonton um, because he'd go home and he'd have to self-isolate. So he still wouldn't really be able to see his family. Wow. So, so Unbelievable. isolating. Yeah. And, you know, it was really hard, really, really, really hard okay, because there were no outlets here at work. Like we did the best we could. Um, as a, I think as companies and organizations, as we all learned kind of trial by fire, how to manage this, but the impacts on our, on our people was, was really hard. And that's kind of what started mm. a lot of my journey in exploring what was going on for people was how much I was noticing people were struggling. So I kind of started sharing my story and my struggles and found a lot of people started opening up and sharing theirs. And then um ran into that uh found that australian study and looked at it and i was like hey this is pretty it's quite similar to us right it's the same kind of work mm. 
same kind of lifestyle and everything like that. And, and what what we are seeing, what I was seeing at, at my site, uh, mirrored what 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 I'd read about some of the findings in Australia mm. in terms of you know the you know suicide rates are higher and depression rates are higher in in these po- in our populations than compared to the general population. Um, you know issues with uh, stigma in terms of um, particularly men right asking for help getting help and, mm. and all those things for mental health um, and yeah and then uh, was able to spoke to to the leadership and like my boss and my company and and we actually trialed bringing up a counselor to site mm. uh, to have one actually located at our remote site so people can can see them and we did it for a year um and uh yeah we had uh coming up to site uh every other week for about four days and we still got 300 and over 368 uh, sessions that the counselor gave like it's just kind of aggregated data and um 155 at least 155 of those sessions were people that had used uh, mental health service for the first time ever in their lives. Wow. So it was, it was making a difference and it does make a difference to our people, especially reducing the stigma and people, Hey, you know what? I, you know, if I, if I treat my mental health, like I treat my physical health, like nobody gets upset with you and says, looks at you as if you're broken. If come new year, you sit there and say, Hey, you know what? I'm, getting a personal trainer and I'm going to the gym. Everybody's like, yeah, right on. Exactly. Exactly. We have to get it. We have to get away from that process of, or thinking that, Oh, if somebody's going to see a a counselor or something like that, that there's something wrong with them. You know, it's, it's a tool. I don't know how to, how to fix everything on my car. I take it to a mechanic because they have the training. Exactly. I agree. And like you're saying, you know, it's no different to if we, we don't look at anything weird if it's about a physical thing, you know, I need to go exercise or this or that. It's no different. And everyone, every human is at some point going to have problems with their physical health and problems with their mental health. And we just need to know how to deal with it. And we need to get it to that point where people can understand this is not, not something to be embarrassed about. It's just part of being a human, like you're saying the maintenance of it and, and I, you know, I really like the fact that you're, you know, you're such a leader where you've shared your own story and encouraged others. Cause really what I've been doing for the last 12 years has just been sharing my story, sharing other people's stories, encouraging conversation. And it's the most effective thing I've seen because people are, of, we're all similar and people are suffering, but they don't, they feel ashamed or embarrassed to talk about it. Or they tell themselves that why is it harder for me? What's wrong with me when everyone else is okay, but they're not we're just not talking about it and we just want to relate so it's so important and i think one key message is you know when it comes to mental health there's only one thing that people should not do and that's to do nothing just do something take some sort of step some sort of action uh so yeah it's so important all the stuff you're doing and talking about i just want to say you know thank you to to you for what you're doing and you should be really proud of being such a leader in an industry where it would be really difficult to, you know, in so, so much stigma in your industry to step out and talk about that. So, um, yeah, I think it's fantastic. Um, you mentioned before about the dark times you've been through. Are you able to sort of share with us a little bit more about about that and how and how you came through it? Yeah, actually, you know, this one of the things, and I'll be honest, sometimes head knowledge doesn't equal like heart knowledge, and uh, you know, and acting in the way that that you know better. Um, so like my, my divorces have been very hard on me. Like, I guess my, my first divorce, um, you know, like I said, you feel like, at least I felt, I'll say, I'll speak in I statements. I felt like an abject failure. Right. And, and I felt like my only worth was that I earned a paycheck and I provided and, and that was the sum of my worth. And, uh, his, yeah, so I was pretty dark times and and uh, had a lot of a lot of uh, thoughts to to harm myself and and even uh, even a, a couple of tents. Um, kind of, you know, I guess those ones there, I kind of muscled 
through those mm. on my own because I was too embarrassed to share. Like I didn't, uh, I, you know, I got, I got divorced or separated and we decided on divorce, but the same, uh, roughly two weeks before my, my sister, my big sister passed away. Uh, and, uh, so I couldn't tell my parents what was going on in my world because they, uh, they were, um, they were dealing with the loss of of my sister, so I didn't want to burden them with that. And then I was so ashamed, I didn't really tell anybody mm. uh, what I was going through. And and in all honesty, you know, here was a fellow that that makes pretty pretty decent living, and uh, almost to quote uh, Chris Farley, as ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better. Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I was living in my truck down by the river. Uh, mm. for several months till I knew what I was going to have to pay and all that. Cause I, you know, I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to be one of those guys that kind of left my family high and dry and I'd be living okay, but then they wouldn't. So yeah. I was like, okay, I'll just kind of keep things going. I can make, you know, I'm only home 10 days at a time. I can, you know, I can, I can make do with that till I know more. Right. And then I finally got a place, um, and started living kind of a normal life but yeah it took a lot mm, um mm. you know and and i kind of leaned i leaned on faith a lot for myself that that helped me get through some dark times and you know ended up meeting somebody uh and then uh yeah then, then i i got married again and uh yeah things were things were, were really were really great in the beginning and then what happened there was the time away again. Um, and that's one of those things is, is I thought I'd had it figured out for the mm. second go around. Um, but as during the pandemic, our time apart mm. grew more. So a little bit more of a disconnect. Some of the routines that I, that I participated in when I got home, um, when I was only on a 10 and 10 rotation, some of those got backfilled. So then, Oh, kind of my job would that would make me kind of be part of the family and stuff like that when I get home well those things were all being done so I get home and almost be like a border collie without a job and those mm. things are super destructive if you don't give them a job so yeah I'm sitting there and then just a disconnect with uh with my with my spouse and then you know that one there um that one died of the disconnect of it and we didn't go get help soon enough in terms of couples counseling, I spoke with, uh, like I started a, I started a website in that time because I realized I was struggling and so many people had very, my story was not unique at all, mm -hmm. um, like a lot of people. So I was like, well, hey, what are some resources? So I, I started a website called FIFOforreal.ca uh, and uh, just, you know, started talking with psychologists, started talking with sleep experts okay, what are some resources we can share with people that live this lifestyle and their partners? Because one thing I, I have learned in this, in this living this lifestyle is how I live it and experience fly in, fly out is different to how my spouse and our children and, and stepchildren, like I had mm, stepchildren, mm. this one here, and uh, how, we, how they experienced fly in, mm. fly out. So just a huge disconnect in that way, you know, oftentimes it's like, well, you get a break from the family. Well, it's like, well, the family, I'm stressed out when I'm away from the family because I miss the mm. family. Mm. And there isn't that kind of understanding. And then at the same time, I might not have an understanding of, you know, how, how they live, how they live life when I, when I'm not there. Right. So one of the things Mike says, well, yeah, you come in like the Miley Cyrus song, you come in like a wrecking ball. Yeah. Right. So it's like, absolutely. Teens, and then that creates tension and, and resentment because we're sitting there. Well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of funding everything and, you know, and then you have resentment because you come in, you want to have family time. You want to have kind of time with your, 
with your partner or your spouse and and you know you're not getting that so you're like well hey where's the you know where where is this so then Mm -hmm. resentment starts growing and then the disconnect gets bigger and bigger you don't talk about things you don't get help and yeah and then and then divorce number two yeah and then and then the financial repercussions of that like oh my goodness then you know as as the main breadwinner you you tend to take you tend to take the the bigger hit always yeah yeah uh, but uh yeah so then you start over and it's it's hard you got to pull yourself back together and start all over again well exactly and that was the hard part for me so for me again that that journey right is is i i felt uh i felt terrible i was like well with uh with the financial ask plus the what i was paying for my previous marriage i was like i i actually wouldn't have enough to live or get by on and you feel you know, you feel anger, you feel betrayal, because you're like, how can this person that once supposedly cared, we cared about each other, could ask for something like ask for that, and then knowing what a person's situation is and say, well, wait a minute, um, you don't, you know, how can, how can they do that? And I had a very, very dark, a dark night, the night I got that letter from the lawyer. And, uh, um, and it was, it was, it was hard. That one was a very hard night for me. I, I, you know, in all fairness, went out to, to my local bridge with my, one of my climbing ropes and, uh, yeah, I was sitting there and then it just kind of, kind of took some, some deep reflection and thinking about like my kids mm. and knowing, knowing what a, what a terrible decision like that would, would do for, do to them for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So I was like, all right, packed it up, went back and and then and then that's when you start having to go through the painful process of talking to lawyers to to dismantle something that you didn't think you'd ever have to dismantle and then also protect your interests as best as you can so that you can build a future down down the road, right? When when that time comes. Uh, so yeah, it's a lot of a lot of loss. And, and it's tough. Like that's, that's in a way why I have kind of this tattoo. It's hard to see, but that's a Bernini sculpture. It's the angel and demon. And mm. for me, it kind of symbolizes both sides of ourselves. Like we also, you know, our brains can help us heal, mm. but our brains can be the biggest bullies mm-hmm. that we have. Cause though, you know, um, oftentimes we, we tend to bully ourselves with a lot of negative thought, negative emotion, and if we let that be happen predominantly, that'll just will spiral. It can go both ways. Places. Yeah, it really can. You know, as much as we can, and it, you know, it's a good reminder as well because when you are in such a spiral, the emotion. And thank you for sharing that as well. By the way, like it's yeah, great that you can talk so openly about it. That's a really hard thing to talk about and to go through, and really impactful. You know, to, to hear that and and you know just hear that you pulled yourself out of it and were able to, you know, have that realization. And I think a lot of the time when we're in that dark place, the emotions are so overwhelming in a negative way that we feel like it will never get better. And it's being able to remind ourselves somehow that no, no matter how bad I feel right now, things actually can and will get better because every single emotion, good or bad, always passes and you know everything's cyclical and if we just stay in there and keep pushing forward and trying to find ways to get through things we will we will get there you know it might take a long time but we all we we will get there if we push through so it's a a really important message thank you so much for supporting move your mind we're expanding the offerings of the organization and we're tailoring everything we do to suit you guys and to try and answer to all of your needs and the questions that you send in the book is available globally. You can find all of the links at nickbrax.com book. And we've just released the Move Your Mind community. We've currently got a men's community group, a women's community group, a general group. We're going to be lo- loading up other groups. And you can find all of the links at moveyourmind.me. This group's been created based on the needs of what we've heard and learnt throughout running Move Your Mind. And we have live events. We've got courses. We've got 
huge amounts of value, the ability to share information, share ideas, work in groups together to, to grow and share your learnings, to learn about different topics. You get email reminders. There's a whole lot of features in there. We're constantly updating it, and we're so excited to share it with you. You can find all of the information about it at moveyourmind.me. Yeah, it's super important to to actually talk to talk to people that are are in your circle that you can talk to, and and actually try and find people in your circle that you can talk about your your emotions. You know, I can speak from a, a, a male perspective. You know, we're not really taught that very well. Like particularly my generation, I'm I'm nearly fifty, and um, mm. you know, and that, that's not something we were taught. You know, you're kind of taught. Uh, Heck, you look at that uh, kids show. I don't know if you ever seen um, How to Train Your Dragon. Mm. What's the name? What's the name of the of the of the guy's dad? Right, to Hiccup's dad. His dad's name is Stoic. He's this big mm. Viking guy that you know, strong and doesn't really show emotion. Right, yeah, that's that's our image of of what what we should be. Right, when mm. we thought we're not really taught to be vulnerable and to learn to learn to be vulnerable with 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 yourself for starters and then share it be able to share it with with the appropriate people of course yeah can't really share it just with anybody and they have to be in a place to receive it um you know that that really helps get a lot of a lot off your chest and be able to share um but yeah and and getting help talking to a counselor right and i had one of the people on my site wrote in to me and they said hey one of the things that we should talk about is don't wait till things are bad to go see a counselor when things are going great go see a counselor then because then they'll they can help find tools to keep you in that optimal state mm-hmm. they also um will know what that optimal state looks like so then you can and, and you're probably in a better position to learn and and really absorb some of what they're sharing some of the knowledge and and tips they have to help you kind of um, maybe to get into those states because you'll never always be happy all the time no you're gonna have, and- there's there's seasons right you're gonna have ups and downs uh valleys you gotta climb out of and uh, and that's just life it's a good point and yeah get don't wait till yeah you're in that state to get help exactly because it'll compound it'll get you know the longer we leave it the worse it gets the harder it gets to get out of it so it's, if you maintain and it's the same as saying you know, I'm going to wait to look after my body until I have a heart attack. Well, it's going to be a long road back to health. But what we could do is while we're still, you know, feeling pretty in good enough condition, what can I do better? How can I get more sleep? How can I fix my diet a little bit? How can I exercise more? It's that sort of thinking, which it's very logical when you break it down. And the other point that you were alluding to, which I think is really important is, We've before we can help any other people and put our best foot forward in anything, we've got to just put ourselves first. We've got to look after ourselves, get that right. Then we're in a clear space where we can help others and do other things. But we can't do that at the expense of ourselves. And you know, it's a lot of it's communication. Yeah, and the other thing too is is and I've realized is is uh, we can't uh, we can't and and in a way we shouldn't help others in this aspect, maybe I hope it comes out right, is thinking, okay, if I help somebody else, I don't have to worry about helping myself type of thing, yeah. right? Because oftentimes yeah. it's, exactly. it's, always, it's always easier to be there for someone else than it is for yourself. So yeah. I guess that's that part because sometimes we might feel selfish or, um, um, yeah. It's a very good point. Well, wait a minute, you know, should I be doing this? And, and that that's that sacrifice part where a lot of us would rather sacrifice ourselves than than somebody else we could help and things like that and it's like well let's make sure we're in the right headspace to help people and if we're not maybe it's just a matter of sharing our struggles and not fixing anything but just listening holding space and that's real important too it's painful to have to uh be honest with ourselves and confront our own issues it's really painful it's really exhausting it's having to look at a lifetime worth of you know thought processes and conditioning so it's it's a great point uh so on from that what i'm interested in now is 
what did you do? What were some of the things that helped you get through it? How have you maintained yourself? How have you made those changes? What's what's helped? Well, for me, like I, you know, I love the mountains. Yeah. And, and we spoke earlier, and and for me, I used to be scared of heights. Yeah. So when kind of going through my divorces and everything, I had a friend of mine that does climbing, and he said, "Well, we should uh, let me let me take you climbing," and I'm like dude, man, I'm like, I'm scared of heights. He's like, that's perfect. That's a small victory. We'll get you over that. And, and you'll, you'll be fine. So, okay. Trusted him. He's like mountain rescue guy, firefighter, paramedic, all that stuff. Avid climber teaches the stuff. So I'm like, you know what? I couldn't go with somebody better. Right. Yeah. Started doing that to overcome some of those, those fears. And then, that little victory helped me build on some other ones. And then, you know, it's, it's be proud of the victories you have, even the little ones, right? Like say you're in the, in, in a really dark, shitty spot in life, a place in life. And maybe getting out of bed that day is, is, is an accomplishment. Man, celebrate that accomplishment. You got out mm-hmm. of bed, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you couldn't the day before you got out of bed today. Totally. Be proud of yourself and uh celebrate that's a great those. point that's a really good point i love that yeah and then like i said the, for me being out in the mountains uh near water uh is is awesome so got out you know doing the ice climbing and then mm. the rock climbing um running for me was a really big thing uh to help you know it was that was kind of part of i'll call it my my physical therapy um help me you know lose a little bit of weight you know one of the things is when you're in kind of dark spots you either lose weight or you gain weight i kind of find and i think exactly i'm the guy that, I'm the guy that gains weight i think <laughs> and then um but yeah so uh just all those things like dr gabor mate and uh mm. and vanderkoek wrote that uh gabor mate wrote the book bo- the book when the body says no Mm. And uh, Vanderkoek did that. Uh, the body keeps the score, and it's a huge. Mm. They talk about the the connection between mind and body health, mm. right? And illness and things like that. So we do have to take care of both. Absolutely. Right? So, um, and there's a, an Australian study that that came out that I I downloaded and read and spoke how um, physical activity is is really effective in in treating anxiety, depression. Um, Oh God, absolutely. Those yeah. things. And, and I thought about it. Yeah. You know what it, it does. And sometimes the hardest part is overcoming, I, I guess that, uh, you know, the, the inertia of not moving to get yeah. moving, right? the hardest also, part starting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like getting to the gym is harder than the gym itself. Working out at the gym. Exactly. And that analogy goes for everything in life. I think the starting and the thought of it and our, our minds are creative. So, you know, we, We'll come up with every excuse. Our mind will try and talk us out of it. But once you start doing it, it's just that that thing, you know, then you click into it and it feels great. So it's finding that that key to just not thinking too much and getting started and then like seeing what happens. And, you know, uh, I, I train six days a week, sometimes seven, been doing that for 20 years almost. And um, there's not one time where I've regretted or felt worse after exercising every single time. So good. And, you know, we all know it's good for you, but it's profound how much it helps in mental health. And like you're saying, these studies, and there's comprehensive studies on it, so a lot of them have shown that it's more effective than antidepressants in many cases for, yeah. for mental health. So, it's you know, it's a big deal. And, and this is, you know, another important part of um, often we might feel like we've exhausted every option of, um, you know, like I'm not coping, what can I do? But then if we if we actually step back a bit and think, okay, like could I am I getting enough sleep? Am I exercising? All these holistic things that I could do to make myself feel better, am I doing them? And when you're in that depressive state, it's really hard to do that, which you know, totally acknowledge. But if you can find a way to just gradually work on those and make that a priority and then think, you know what, I'm just gonna do these things first. Once I start doing all these things that are good for me, if I still feel really bad, let's address it. But the chances are a lot of the time when you start doing these, you know, taking care of yourself 
you'll you'll be in you know you'll eliminate half of the problem or you'll be in just such a better headspace to deal with it so um it's really important to do it and and the other part i'm interested in asking you about is um with your life now and the work you're doing um how have you managed your relationships and you know the things that were you were having difficulty with has it been a communication thing is that is that part of like how you you sort of manage it now or how have you worked through that yeah so i guess one of the things and it's it's uh being clear in your communication with your partner right don't let mm. things kind of fester right so i'm you know i'm currently kind of you know um you know like my my separation and uh, and the divorce my separation happened last year june right and then uh, so one getting getting out there took a while for me to feel comfortable getting back out there to meet people because again anytime some anytime something doesn't work out we tend to and i think at least for me i tend to look at okay where did i fail i fail mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. things like that and and there's there's fair there's aspects where where we could have done better, mm. but we can't, we can't own everything. Mm. And that's something, if we own everything, then, and, and we're not, we're not honest with ourselves and sit there and say, okay, no, uh, that, that is, that is not something that I had control over. Exactly. And, and There's a balance. I can't own that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Own what belongs to yours, belongs to you, nothing more. Um, Cause the rest of you just beat yourself up and, and you won't be able to function. Um, but one of the things is is be super clear on on what you need as a, in a relationship from your partner. Mm. Um, you know, communicate clearly. You know, for instance, uh, I like getting a text every once in a while, like a good morning mm. text mm. or a good night text, or just some of those communications. Hey, let mm. me mm. know a little bit about your day, so I still feel connected. I'll tell you a little bit about mine. Those are important things, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you don't share that and and then then you start feeling disconnected and then your bucket, your relationship bucket is being depleted all the time and it's not filling with the things that help you stay connected. So, but your partner also needs to, needs to know these things. And, and then that's the part where you, you have to be honest. And if your partner is somebody that, well, you know what, that's not important to me and I don't want to do that those things for it to survive long-term I honestly think is that's that part where your partner needs to much like you need to also um, you know give a little and take a little and things like that right you compromise yeah I guess so so you know be willing to compromise for your partner and and they need to be able to compromise for you if it's all just one direction drawing out of your bucket or you're always drawing out of theirs, it won't work ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the longer you're in that, I think it just becomes more painful when it does finally uh, fall apart. Um, yeah. So that's the that's that's the challenge. So you know, no, yeah, have that those open lines of communication and talk about the goals. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do, and ask what do you think for fly and fly out what do you think my life looks like mm. up at work? And mm. then I'll share with you what it actually is like. Mm. And then tell me what your life is like at home. Uh, so that way I kind of understand it too, right? And I think all that helps with that that connection. I think that's um, a really great way to look at it, yeah, to approach well, it. I look at it, relationships like a garden, right? You've got to water the garden, pull out the weeds, right? you got to weed the garden, Um Weeds can be like, okay, unresolved arguments or issues or so you got to weed those. You also have to spend time in the relationship, right? So that's, that's something, yeah. you know, and particularly with people in my age bracket, you never hardly ever meet anybody that hasn't been married before or doesn't have mm. kids. <laughs> and, and, uh, and that's great. Um, you know, uh, but the one thing is there has to be the relationship has to be given some priority yeah. at times, not all the time, but if all of a sudden, you know, 
Um, if not, then you don't get that closeness. No, exactly. And then, and then when the kids leave, you're still kind of strangers type of deal, right? So yeah. Uh, and the kids also need to understand, you know, okay, the nature of the relationship that, okay, you know, they're going to leave. Right. So, you know, like my kids would understand that, okay, my partner is very important to me. My, you know, that uh, if she's the one that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, I have to invest into that relationship as well as the one with the kids and everything. Everything has its seasons. Yeah. I think that's a great answer. Well, no, thank you for being so open on this. And really, yeah, I think you've got a great story and I'm sure it's helping so many people. And I know by talking on here and to our audience, it is going to help a lot of people that listen to this. So really appreciate it. We finish every episode with five closing questions. So these are, these are just sort of quick, short answers. So whatever comes to mind for these, um, the first one is what's your best childhood memory that comes to mind? My best childhood memory. Um, I got to go on what I felt was a, uh, a mountain climb with my dad we were on holidays in bc in the mountains looking back now it was just a small trail steep trail <laughs> up a hill but it to me as a like a seven-year-old kid it felt like i like i climbed a mountain like it was mount everest and i did that with my dad and there was an element of danger but we were okay that i love those I, I love those ones yeah that's great uh, what do you think is the biggest burden on mental health in the construction industry? Uh, the stigma to reaching out. Yeah. Honestly, you know, we're terrible at asking for help, particularly men. We're terrible, uh, terrible about asking for help because we feel shame and it makes us feel like we're not strong enough, good enough, competent enough, capable enough to yeah. figure it out on our own. That's a really good point. What's your personal definition of happiness? Who um, being able to uh, so here Victor Frankel, right? Uh, a man with a why can bear almost any how. If you're doing, mm. if you're living a meaningful life, and that means to me, you know, I'm pouring into my kids. I'm pouring into my relationships, mm. right? I'm doing work that is meaningful to me. Um, that is happiness and being out in the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> and that's my that's... gratitude, right? Gratitude is very important. Yeah, exactly. Gratitude is so important. Mountains, being out in nature is so important. I love that. I love that quote. That's such a so profound and so important. That's such a great quote that you that you just mentioned. Um, so I've got two more here. Uh, what are you most afraid of? Whew. All right, I'm I'm most afraid of, honestly, the um, I guess the walls and the barriers I put up myself to, mm. and I'll say this in a relationship standpoint, you know, because being stung twice in a way with with is and starting a new one is is not uh having these walls and barriers up so that you don't actually uh express affection love mm. gratitude and appreciation for the person because you're afraid that it might end right that's so i guess that's that that's that part i guess i'm i'm afraid that i might be my biggest barrier to that aspect great point yeah that's really good really true Final one, what are you most proud of? Honestly, I'm uh, I'm most proud of uh, of being able to share with my son, to have that responsibility with my or the relationship with my son that uh, that he can talk to me about hard topics, things that uh, you know, and questions that he might have and doubts that he might have. And uh, yeah, that we can we can have those those hard conversations, and that I think he's going to be uh, a good man and a good partner because he's learning to to communicate in those ways. That's really really beautiful. So, 
thank you so much for making the time. I, this has been really, really good. And, you know, you've you've got a great energy about you. And like I said before, it is definitely helping people. And you never know how many people, even in your workplace, how many have benefited from what you're doing. Um, so as a final thing, where can our listeners go? What's your website, the FIFO website? We'll put that in the show notes. But, yeah, where can they go to, to access that? Uh, so, yeah, so it's just uh, FIFO, F-I-F-O, the number four, and then real, R-E-A-L dot C-A. And right. right there we've got just uh, got some podcasts, got some blogs. We have some more content in there. There's a link to uh, Mike Cameron's Connected Men Network, mm. and that's like a men's group where actually we talk about emotional fitness. And that's a really big thing. Um, yeah, uh, have some, yeah, just some resources uh, with lawyers, sleep experts, like I said earlier. And, mm. and hopefully it helps people. It's targeted primarily to people living this fly in, fly out lifestyle. Oh, that's great. Well, again, anyone listening, I'll have the link to the website in the show notes here. And thank you again, mate, for coming on here. Love the work you're doing, and I'm sure we'll stay in touch. And yeah, yeah really appreciate sure. it. No, thank you very much. Thank you so much. You bet. Take care. Thanks to Francisco Valenzuela for joining me today for Brick by Brick. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.